Welcome back to The Foreign Object. I am your host, Danue Drudo, alongside my co-host, Walk With Gino. Welcome back. Thank you for that introduction. That actually caught me off guard. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot my new name. How you that. doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling good about um, what we've been getting from the wrestling world. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here, The folks. Attitude Era 2? Um, no, 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 you know, not yet too early to um, call it that. I think it's inappropriate to ever call anything else. The attitude era. What would we call this era other than the new, 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 new era? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's just where we've been going. Like what we referred to, but I don't know that there's any like actual name to this time period we're in i mean you don't name a time period while you're in the time period okay is the pg era over though are we in an era that's no longer the pg era yeah we're um, still the rate the rating of the show is still pg right yeah. but are we still in that era i think the time that is known as the pg area era quote unquote uh i think that's long dead i think okay. we've been away from it for a while so or, okay so yeah, you're right. So they kind of said it themselves. They brought in the new era. Right. Are we Which still I think in even, that? I think even before that, they had killed off the PG era. Okay. Um, I think there there is no new era. I mean, it's always the new era. Yeah. Right? Um, I just don't know. I don't know if we are we are in the same spot that we were when they announced that we were in the new era. Yeah. I want to say no. Um but that also comes with a lot of ups and downs between now and when that happened. Yeah. I think there's all I think there was a lot of shifts in the WWE since that time. Do you think we're in a trend transitional era right now or are we like I me personally I feel like we're at the beginning of an era right okay. now that okay. like it just started. Okay. Like literally 2 weeks ago, a week ago maybe. All right. This new era just started. Um I feel like we are in transition. I don't feel like we're quite there yet. Okay. Um I think by the end of next year i feel like there will be a huge shift in transformation from what <laughs> i got we a know name right for it already wwe what is it it's gonna be called the fox deal era <laughs> <laughs> the fox deal era yeah. no, i don't know um I, I i feel like this time next year there will be a very distinct difference than what we are having right now like you can to the point where you know nowadays you look at the product and you look at the product from the Attitude Era, and there's a clear distinction between the two. Yeah. Right now, there's many different phases we've gone through, but it's very hard to tell that distinction and what what's different about it. Yeah. I think within a year from now, it'll be very clear that it's changed, and I think in a year it'll change. Yeah, I think I think even less than a year. Um, we're currently in July. Right. I think in three to four months, there's gonna be a change that's gonna be pretty noticeable. And that change is going to come with the television show that AEW AEW will be bringing to TNT. Um, today, right. they just dropped their trailer for their television series. Uh-huh. Pay attention to the words that I use. Television series that is a wrestling show. Right. And, and um, the words they used because yeah. that's the words they used. So as far as the trailer goes, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It looked like they put um, a lot of importance and production value into the trailer. It looks better than what their product has been. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, yeah. When you look at their pay-per-views, it doesn't look far from anything that an indie show would put together. A lot of the stuff we've seen is cell phone camera content right yeah the being the elite stuff right yeah the elite stuff the cody versus um 
Dustin stuff. They right. did that with a cell phone. Um, but I mean, you look back at it and when the Moxley debut, when they kind of showed backstage stuff of that, um, on, I think it was on being the elite. They had video footage of when he was, um, in the arena, like right, ready yeah, to yeah. go down the stairs in the crowd. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was guys with good cameras there, and now you see what those cameras were there for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think they, d- they did a pretty good job on this trailer. Yeah. Um, I think it's WWE quality editing from, from that uh, promo. Um, um, I think it is. <sighs> you got to agree with me. It was really good. Uh, it was really good. I would not compare it to WWE. Um, I think... Maybe quality, but just the styles are so different. Right, the styles are really different, but them. but um, there's been there's this thing in wrestling where nobody's been able to get that quality, that good quality out of promo yeah. packages and video packages. I think I this, think this. I honestly think there. they could they could could have even. All right, I don't think it's up to par with WWE's quality, just because if you see the clips that they've used. All right, so it's interesting because. Some of the clips they used were clips from the events. Uh huh. The events didn't look that good though. Right. So they're using two different production teams, is what it seems like, to mm-hmm. film footage for these kind of promo videos. Uh huh. And then they have another production team to film the events. Right. Why not? double down on the guys that do the production for this and have them use that same equipment because you're going to cut stuff from that anyways. Right. Yeah. From the event. So I don't know. It's interesting to me how the promo for their show looks better than what their big events have been so far. Right. Yeah. And Um, I hope that's something they notice and they can make that. Yeah. And put it into their television. Yeah. Right. Series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're going to be debuting on TNT Wednesday, October 2nd. Yes. Which is interesting to me because SmackDown debuts on Fox October 4th, Friday. Um, that's interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people would have been upset if it was the other way around. If TNT and AEW announced it first and then Fox and SmackDown said, well, we're going to be there the 4th. Um, but well, yeah, you know, but it, also most of the wrestling community on the internet is sharing a brain cell. So, <laughs> right. And nobody is passing it to, I don't know. I was going to take a, a jab at someone specifically, but I'm not going to do that. Oh um, man, <laughs> that, that would bring our ratings up if you took jabs at. All people. right, then everybody in the wrestling community is sharing one brain cell, but uh, JD from New York has never gotten it. Whoa, I don't even know because who that is. You're lucky. Don't ever look up any of the shit he posts because it's just terrible. JD from New York. Yeah, um, I'm kind of mad we gave him, you know, a little. I mean, he shout has. Out, I, I mean, no, he has a following, and it's oh, we don't. It's embarrassing. Actually, so. <laughs> um. So yeah. They're going to be in Washington, D.C. for their first t- uh, TV taping. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all. What are your thoughts on the series thing? Um, as of now, our understanding of a television series mm-hmm. is something that has a certain amount of episodes. Right. Then they take a break. Yeah. Oh, uh, we got that from Lucha Underground. Yes. Which I think, I think it really does damage to your show. Because there, that that time that you're away is crucial because now the fans aren't thinking about you. They're yeah. thinking about the guys who are still on TV. Yeah. And the guys who are still doing shows online. Yeah. And on iPay-Per-View and this and that. So I think having an off-season, as great as it sounds for wrestlers, because we know they do not have an off-season... Um, having it for a TV series is uh, potentially damaging because you yeah. can come in hot on that first season. I think Lucha Underground did it really good. But then you go off for a break 
and you come back to season two and you've lost a large part of your audience. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also think that, um, man, I lost my thought. Um, what was I going to bring? What was my point? Damn. I don't remember. I mean, I could see the benefits of it and it gives you time to then create stories. So you're not always on the yeah. road like WWE and you're having to create these stories while you're on the road yeah. working. So I can see the benefit yeah. of that. That and I think if you if you put it in terms of a season like a sport, mm-hmm. I think taking taking breaks and stuff like that let some of your guys if they want to recover, let them recover. If mm-hmm. they want to do indie taping or indie um, dates, yeah, let them do s- some indie dates if that's what they want to do. Um, and it's a time that you could use as free agency, almost like every other sport does, and right. go out there search for some new talent. Because as of now, I feel like AEW's roster is not as big as it could be, right? Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of quantity. Like, I think they need more people just to keep matches fresh and just a variety of feuds. Um, Because, like we said last week, I feel like they kind of jumped the gun and some of their best feuds that they could have built up to, they've already just started them. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people like that just like that they're getting matches that they want. But I've also seen people say when I'm watching AEW, I ask, why is this even happening? Because there's no story behind what the matches. Right. It's are. just, it's just instant gratification for the fans. Yeah. Um, and that also can really hurt because then down the line, when you have the young bucks feuding with, I don't know, let's say new tag team that AEW has built up. You're kind of thinking, why am I watching this? They just had a feud a few months ago with the Lucha yeah, brothers. I'd exactly. rather be seeing that right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that the thing about vacancies and, and scouting for talent, I think it's something that did work for Lucha Underground's benefit when they were off. Um, yeah. Because every because se- they rarely ever did in the middle of a season, someone new would come out and mm-hmm. you'd have like this big story from them. And if yeah. it, if they did, it would make sense when they did it. But yeah. usually what happens, they'd go off next season comes in. They really push the new guys out there. Yeah. First four or five episodes. So, you know, Hey, there's new people around. Yeah. Um, and that is something that is hard to do in WWE right now where like the Viking Raiders kind of have dripped into obscurity. Yeah. Because there was no real, they didn't come in a good time. And there was no real build for them when they did get here. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another thing that I want to say also is if... I don't know. I think there's a weird understanding with AEW whether they want to go into competition with WWE or not. Because it's kind of a blurring... Like, there's like a blur. Right. Sometimes they'll take shots and it's like, okay, you guys want to go into competition? Let's Let's do it. And then there's times where, you know, people that are backing AEW um, and even some people in AEW, they'll be like, it's not competitive. It's just, you know, we're just another company that's right. wrestling. They're, everybody else is doing it. And right? then there's another there's another side of that where they play the victim and say, oh, they're yeah. trying to destroy us before we get started. Yeah. Well, are you competition or not? You yeah, know? exactly. The only reason somebody would want to destroy you is because they felt like you were sending some type of shot right. of wanting to co- be competition. Right. So I feel like you cannot come into a competition with a company that's on the road all, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Weekly television show. No time off the and longest then you, running weekly yeah. episodic television show in history let me say and you come to that competition with a s- television series where uh-huh. you do take time off yeah i, think I don't hard. think i think you've already lost there yeah um, because you're not yeah. you're you're playing half of the game yeah, oh for sure yeah um without a doubt i mean i think the real reason lucha underground didn't 
survive was because they can't compete with anyone because of, of their off time and the way that specifically they yeah. went about their show where they would tape it all in a month and then they'd roll it out. And then when it's roll out, they'd stay off for about five months and yeah. then they'd come back, tape everything in a month and then, you know, repeat yeah. the thing. Not only that, but Lucha Underground was just really bad at business decisions. Yeah. They yeah. were terrible with how they were paying their athletes. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. that but, was but, another uh, but, uh, downfall. Aside from that, aside from that, just as far as trying to go into business with WWE, there was once where they put a commercial out on Monday Night Raw, like during Monday Night Raw on yeah. USA. And they're like, hey, Lucha Underground is right now marathon on El Rey Network. Yeah. And then after that, they never tried to go for it again. They never tried to, you know, broaden their yeah, but audience than what they already had. Can you imagine how much that ad costed? Sure, yeah. And to go into competition with someone that is doing this all year. Right, which is what I'm saying is... Like you... You throw a rock at somebody that was holding a right, shotgun. Which, right, which is what so. I'm saying with AEW. So Lucha Underground kind of did it, and then they kind of quickly... It's like you you dipped your toe into the pool, and then you quickly yeah. pulled back. AEW, if they want to be in a competition, they got to go full force. Yeah. They got to just go all out and say, hey, we're going to be the number one wrestling show on television. Don't tune into USA. Don't turn in, tune into Fox. Tune yeah. into TNT, or they have to stop throwing every shot that they've been throwing, and then acting like a victim when WWE puts on a show the same night as they they do. Yeah. There, there's this, there's this thing where it seems like half of the company is willing to be competition and say, "I'm willing to destroy these people who work over here." Meanwhile, there's the other half that's like, hey, man, we just want to have fun and wrestle. You can't be both. Yeah, exactly. You have to be one in business. And there seems in the backstage, like we're saying, there's we've been saying there ha there's some sort of disconnect with the guys backstage being Cody, the elite and oh yeah, Cody and the, the elite because you have Cody throwing shots nonstop. You have the young bucks. Every once in a while, they'll throw shots. And then you have Kenny Omega, who complains about WWE having an Evolve show the same night AEW has a show. Yeah. So you, you have to get on the same page there and say, do we want to be in competition and throw the shots? Or do we just want to be another show happy to be on TV? Yeah. Um, and I think that decision will really alter whether or they not stay even on just, TNT and Not stay even relevant. just be another show that's on TV and happy with it. Like, you can definitely be competitive. But let the wrestling and your show do the talking. Right. As of now, there hasn't been anything that proves that they're going to be successful competing with WWE. Right. There just hasn't. And with all that being said, I am interested in watching the show. And I do think, like I said, the trailer was really good. Yeah. I think that drew me even more into watching the show on TV and seeing how good the show is going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I think it's still fair for, for us to criticize them. It, it's yeah. It's fair to criticize and it's fair to be skeptical. Yeah. And, um, I feel like there's a lot of wrestling fans that need to be skeptics with this because you, there's a lot of people, you know, they're pulling out everything they can to defend AEW before there's anything to defend. Yeah. And so when the time comes where they're, we're, where it is a competition and maybe AEW can't hold their own, you're going to look like a fool out there tuning into Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you realize they are the better product if that becomes the case. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, this week was the Monday Night Raw reunion. Tons of nostalgia. Um, what was your What was your take on this Raw reunion? Going into it, how did you feel like um, going into it, I just felt like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're you like, know, oh, it's just like, going to be another, you know, bunch of old guys backstage. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, that's what it was going into it. Now coming me. out of it, how, uh, coming out feel? of it, I thought it was really fun. Uh, and I enjoyed it and I, I, 
I kind of always have that though, where I I go into a reunion show or like Raw twenty, not Raw twenty five, Raw twenty five. I was big hyped, and it was the opposite for Raw twenty. Yeah. But usually I'm like, oh, we're gonna see a bunch of these washed up legends and these terrible backstage segments and this and that and yeah. And then I go into the show and I end up enjoying it, and that was the case this time. I really enjoyed it. I liked, you know, where people were used and just being able to see some of the people back. Um, Listen, I know it was it was devastating that Melina did not we did not hear her theme music <laughs> and we did not see the oh, splits man. on the apron. But I was just happy to see her, to be honest. Yeah. Um, as as upset as I was, but you know, I I thought it was fun and I really enjoyed uh really everybody that was there. Yeah, I agree with you. Same thing with like Raw twenty five. Really excited to um tune into that show, especially with the Manhattan Center. Uh, it was supposed to be. I think they hyped up the whole Ma- Manhattan Center thing up, and then like dropped the ball with it. I think they could have utilized it more. Um, I think they also think, could have been upfront with what it was going to be—a viewing party. Yeah, and and then like we like I said with the Undertaker match, I think they're redeeming themselves for that. Um, with the Raw Twenty Five, like they had to redeem that and be like, oh man, now every time we bring back people from the past people are gonna just think it's pointless and it's just gonna be terrible right um so i think they redeemed themselves and i like that they chose to name it raw reunion because that's what it felt like like yeah a bunch of people that went to high school together and they finally get to see each other again and um have a good time yeah because i mean even though they didn't share a segment i thought it was weird who shared a segment with uh, Alicia other than Santino but Alicia's been in the game for for a while now I mean she's as far as the women go she's the yeah. longest uh, employed on the roster you know uh, and it seems like she's maybe going into retirement because of her position in Raw Reunion but yeah she, so she's been here for a while and for people like Melina who was on the roster at, with her at the same time to come on Raw that f- yeah seems like oh, this feels good now, you know? Even though they weren't together on a segment, I'm sure yeah. they were together backstage and was like, yeah, just I haven't out. seen you in forever. Yeah. Um. What was your favorite part of it that was the reunion side of it? Uh, Steve Austin, man. Yeah. Genuinely. Uh, man, just... Just the fact that you, that like like the glass shatters and still it's the biggest reaction of the night. Yeah. No matter what, in the, when no matter if it was in the nineties, where the reactions were always big, yeah, or the two thousands, where the reactions were kind of here and there, or the two thousand tens, like the early two thousand tens, where <laughs> there was no reactions, to now, always the biggest reaction, no matter yeah. what, um. And just to see, we we talked about this, just to see him turn on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And then within a second, turn that off and become a real person and, like, expose himself and say, you know, these people are my family. You guys are my family. And then to go into a Steve Austin podcast type moment and start telling a random story about <laughs> Gerald Briscoe. I mean, it was really good and it felt really good. Um yeah, and I think it's always real nice to see Steve Austin. I think that's one of those guys where I, I can never get tired of seeing him show up for something special. Yeah, I think um, I think it was not only great for the fans to see that, but I think that's something that the current talent needed to see. I think they needed to see Stone Cold just go out there and just do what he does best and right. hop on the mic and let it all just come off genuinely because even he said it himself. He didn't know what he was going to say. And who was it? Mark Henry that told him like you're stone cold, Steve Austin, just go out and be stone cold, Steve Austin. So I think him telling that story, I think I hope that a lot of the current talent backstage really took that in and realized everybody has to be themselves. Like, and figure out who their character is for the most part and activate that yeah. every time they're out yeah. there. I mean, I think that's something that Steve Austin brings up a lot on his podcast when he's really, I mean, you can really tell when he has a guest on his podcast and he, yeah. he wants them to be better because he'll always bring up, he's the biggest star of wrestling period. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. 
but he is also the most humble wrestler because he doesn't yeah. think he's a good wrestler. He doesn't think there's anything special about his character. The yeah. only thing he says is, I understood my character and I went out there and I had fun. And, yeah. And the fans could feel that. Yeah. And I think he needs to he needs <laughs> to tell every single guy in the roster that. There needs to be a time where he goes into the locker room and says, listen, yeah. I wasn't the best wrestler. There's nothing special about my character, even though we kind of disagree with that. But this yeah. is his words. But you guys got to find who you are. Find your and character be the best at it. and be the best version of that character yeah. because that's what Steve Austin is and what he's he's been consistently since the beginning of the character Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, well, I mean, even when you look at when he's the baby face and he's going against uh, Mr. McMahon, which is like the most heel character, he was the same character as when he joined, you know. Yeah. Uh, McMahon's side he was the same exact character but just the simple fact that he joined McMahon's side and people he was a heel but he was the same person right he's still Stone Cold Steve Austin right that same character um and I think you could see kind of see that with people like Kevin Owens um mm-hmm. yeah which is like right now he's the baby face but his character hasn't changed he's still this like rebellious person that's gonna fight for what he believes in yeah and it's the same thing when he's heel he's fighting what he's for what he believes in and that's um feeding his family right so he's gonna take out anyone that's in the way of that same thing he's pretty much doing the same thing now he's going against the authority which is Shane McMahon and he's fighting against him so that he can continue to get these opportunities that he needs so that he, could, he so that he could feed his family right and he, the th- slight difference is that now he's fighting for what other people feel which is the same thing right and i think that is what makes owens what he's doing right now feel so good because it's it aligns with who he yeah. is as a character and i think the same can go for the rock back in the day yeah the rock's character when he really yeah, blew it was the up, same exact character he was the like, whole time. I'm baby the people's face or champ. Heel. I'm the people's champ. You all love me. I'm the greatest. And yeah. everybody was into it. Everybody loved it. And yeah. then he sides with McMahon and he's doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, the people's, people's champion. Champ. Yeah. I, you all know that I'm the best. Yeah. You all know that and I should be the champion. But he gets booed for it because yeah. he's now doing heel things like yeah. being aligned with McMahon or whatever it was or or keeping down mankind or whatever it needs to yeah. be but it's in line with who that character is and i think that's the problem with a lot of the people nowadays where like when seth rollins turned on the shield it was hard for him to get over as a heel because that just seemed out of character yeah you know or even i think i think one of the only current stars other than owens that is really good at that is randy orton yeah where his character is always going to be the same, whether he's babyface or heel. Well, that's just because he's boring. Well, yeah. <laughs> and okay. Yeah. Sure. He's Randy Orton. No, but um, no, that is true. Um, I think Becky Lynch has been all right with that. Like in the, I think since um, maybe the beginning of her feud with Ronda, she's kind of bounced around, like on the line of like okay, is she a baby face or is she a heel? Because she kind of goes at everyone equally. You could even say now with Natty, Uh is she a baby? Who's the baby face here? Yeah. Because Becky Lynch is talking about she's going to destroy Natty in her hometown. That's the heel thing to do. Right. But when you look back a few months when she was feuding with Charlotte, it's in character. It's in line with who she is It's in line with the same character. character. Yeah. Like, she's the man. So... I don't know. I think there's everybody on the roster has to get into that same mindset that I I think another another person who we've been sleeping on as a whole wrestling community that also is really good with this. The Miz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that, too, because he's the biggest heel in the WWE, I think, at the time. I, I genuinely believe he was the biggest heel. Yeah. And he's Long, talking longest this, weekly longest running weekly yeah. episodic talk show in WWE. Yeah. He still says that same thing, and we love it right. now. He still talks about how he's an A-lister, and yeah. we love it now. And it's just... Before we used to hate it's it. It's that ability to understand your character, yeah. and I think The Miz understands his character. Yeah. And to be able to keep those like those morals in line when you switch over to being 
a heel or a yeah. baby face. I feel like that's what hurt him back in the day when he turned face because he dropped all of that. Yeah. And so it felt like just just a random baby face, just a, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so now I think this baby face turn has been really good because uh-huh. he kept in line with who his character is. I feel like that's really important. And maybe that's on the writer's part where they don't understand the character. Or maybe it's on the wrestler's part where they don't understand yeah. that they have I to think keep in line with who they I are. I don't remember who it was that I heard talking about it on a podcast. But I think it's um, what they said was it kind of falls more on the wrestler. Okay. Not understanding who their character is and not really... Because a lot of the guys, they want to be with the writers and really get down to wh- why they're doing what they're doing. Uh-huh. And then, the, uh, I don't remember who it was, but then they said, and then some of the guys just take the script and just do whatever it says. Right. They don't ask questions. It is what it is. Um, I mean, it's almost like in acting, there's the method actors who really want to get into who that character is yeah. and want to understand them. And they have people calling him by the character's name on set. And then there's people who just read the script and go, all right, tell me what yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think it just comes down to the type of person that the wrestler is, who the superstar is, whether they want to be that character or they're just there because they like to get in the ring and wrestle and everything else is secondary. Right. Um, but yeah, and, and not only that, not only Stone Cold talking to the guys backstage or cutting that promo that could have been directly to the guys backstage or maybe not just happens to be something that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but I think Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman in this new role of them being directors for Ron Smackdown, I think they are, they have the same mentality that I feel like Stone Cold has. Not only because they played great characters at one point in the business, but I think they understand the psychology of the business altogether. Right. And I feel like them in those roles can really get into people's mind and really tell them and give them the best advice to make them the next superstars. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But Steve Austin was good. Yeah. Something I like. That so Rosenberg, Peter Rosenberg, if you don't know who he Shout is, out he's Peter DJ Rosenberg on Hot 97. He's also been on some WWE stuff. He also has his own podcast. But something he he's he was talking about the whole Kogan situation stuff on yeah. Hot 97. And something he said was that now Hulk Hogan uh is just an opener for Steve Austin. Cause and then he tweeted that, you know, his personal guys are Brett and Warrior, yeah. right? But uh, no, Brett and Macho Man. Brett and Macho Man. But he knows that Steve Austin is the guy or the man. And yeah. And that's true. With Within all of wrestling, we all have our favorites, right? Yeah. Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, personally, for both of us. Yeah. For respectively. But I think we both can agree that Steve Austin is yeah. the superstar think, of the WWE and, and of wrestling. Yeah. I think, I think just putting myself in a situation where if I think, okay... I'm at a wrestling event. Triple H's song hits. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm marking the fuck out. Right. If that glass shatters and I'm there, my soul might leave my body. Right. Because that's something that I think it has such a, I don't know. Stone Cold just has such a, it's almost like a fucking unicorn or something. <laughs> like he's like a mythical right. legend where you don't expect to ever see him, not only just because he's retired, but mm-hmm. because he's such a big superstar. Like, I think even if I were to have gone to a wrestling show in the 90s, I probably would have lost my mind. Yeah. At, hearing yeah. that glass shatter. Like, yeah, there's no other. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, you just look back and watch at the peak of the Austin run. If you go back and watch and just watch how the crowd reacts to his entrance compared to everybody else's, the crowd just goes bonkers. It's like a tsunami. It's yeah. like a wave of just yeah, and, I mean energy in the crowd. And to see something going on in the ring, because a lot of times something was going on in the ring. Yeah. So the fans are already loud. Yeah. 
and you don't hit they don't hit that that glass shattering <laughs> yeah. until they're at peak yeah. level of of and then it goes and then the glass hits and they somehow get louder yeah. and you can and that's, feel you can feel it when you're yeah, watching yeah, it yeah and and the funny thing is when you listen to Steve Austin um talk about like those days and say oh we used to tear the house down or like blow the roof off the place yeah. they actually blew the yeah, roof yeah, off yeah, the yeah. place like when they say that it has a different meaning to if somebody were to say it now, oh, they blew the roof off the place. Right. Well, yeah, probably they blew the roof off the place because it's WrestleMania and they do it in sp- sports stadiums now. They don't have roofs. <laughs> like <laughs> back then, when they blew the roof out the place, I'm pretty sure people could hear that shit outside the oh, arena. Oh, for sure, man. The, the place just went bonkers. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's to say that he was, th- there was so many superstars at that time that also had the crowd reaction but his was just different right he was surrounded by stars mick foley the rock yeah. the undertaker triple Kane, h triple h yeah uh you know there's just so them. many there's <laughs> so much power there's yeah. so much stardom in that time yeah. and he was able to to just stand over all that and be the guy and i think it's still, yeah. it's still so relevant right now even even though i mean he will if never you compare say it, if you compare it to you could compare it to hogan with he was wrestling at the same time right he was just in a different company wcw of course he was the heel but when you're the heel you should get booze just as loud as the baby faces get cheers mm-hmm. hogan never got booed as much as steve austin getting cheered no no so that alone should say that steve austin is the end-all be-all right He's the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Right. And he doesn't even have to tell you a hundred times that of what he did yeah. in his career because he doesn't believe it. He, he, I, I'm certain that Steve Austin would never put himself on a Mount Rushmore of wrestling. No, because he'd probably say it, it was only possible because of the guys around me. Right. Which, yeah, that right. makes sense. It takes a team to put on such a great show that they did. I think if you remove one person from the attitude era, it's just not the same. No, it falls apart. It's, it, it completely falls apart. You take, let's just start with my favorite triple H out. Oh God. The, 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 you know how much yeah, no. is gone. If you don't take that the, out, you, you don't take, get a good heel run from Stephanie McMahon. You don't get degeneration X. You don't get degeneration X. You, which I mean, just to put it then into perspective of, of Steve Austin, there's this whole segment of Steve Austin picking off every single DX member one by one backstage. Yeah. That's iconic, I think, to me at least. Yeah. You wouldn't get that. You take Stone Cold out, you don't have the Stone Cold McMahon feud. Who do you put up against the b- biggest villain at the time? Right. Who takes that spot? You don't get Tyson Austin. Yeah, even. you don't get Tyson no, Austin. There's no wrestler in that era. Or in that time in the WWF, that could have stood toe to toe toe with Mike Tyson, yeah, and it feel like holy shit, shit's about to go down. The two baddest men on the planet, yeah, are yeah. facing off. Um, you take The Rock out. The Rock and Stone Cold had amazing feud, right? Like, I mean, they are the original yeah. fight forever. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are the original yeah. fight forever because whether it was Steve Austin being the babyface. The Rock being heel, or they're both being babyface, yeah. or Steve Austin being heel and The Rock being babyface, they would go at it no matter yeah. what. And we're just kind of like scratching the surface of what we think is like most memorable to us. I'm pretty right, sure right. that people could really get into depth of what would not happen if these people were missing out. You take away mankind, you don't get The Rock and Sock. You don't. Dude, mankind, I think, was super important to Steve Austin's character as well because they teamed up for a little bit. Well, do yeah. love, but that that keeps going with Steve Austin's character of like this tough sob that don't need nobody because even though he was tag team champion with him, he didn't want him around. Yeah, so that that's a layer of Steve <laughs> Austin that's gone yeah. because one wrestler isn't around. Exactly. And then um, there's just so much, bro. Like you take away you you can't even take away Jericho. No, you can't because Jericho was such an important role to the unified title or right. the yeah the unified right. title right like yeah. you can't take him away it's just there that all happened for a reason right um 
But speaking of Mankind, I think my second favorite moment of Raw Reunion mm-hmm. was Bray Wyatt attacking Mick Foley. Right, yeah. It the was fiend just, attacking. Yeah, the fiend, which is, I guess, we fi- we talked about it last week. Is there going to be, um, is Bray Wyatt going to return with the Firefly Funhouse, uh-huh. which he did on SmackDown? Right. Um, but on Raw, the Fiend attacks McFoley, hits him with the mandible claw, which I thought was re- I I really liked that. Yeah. Um, cause you know you don't hit the, your the man with his own move. Come on. Yeah. Well, not only <laughs> that, know, it, just it gets into the psychology sadistic. of exactly who the Fiend is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, and I was, was I I don't know I was just was not expecting that I was expecting some kind of lighthearted segment because. Mick Foley opens by talking about the 24-7 title, and then they run through, and he's like, come to Papa. I'm going to get that title yeah, sometime yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought he was going to announce real. something again <laughs> that just doesn't fall through. You know what I thought? I thought when the lights started turning off, he was going to be like, I thought we gave up with Raw Dark. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been um, great. <laughs> and still this week, The Fiend is fucking terrifying. Yeah, man. dude. It's it's it. <laughs> the funny thing was that I checked right when it was happening. Like, just to get my eyes off the screen, because I was pretty terrified. <laughs> I was like, what time is it? Oh, we're at third hour. <laughs> no wonder this is going on. It's yeah, third hour. Man, yeah. Um, But yeah, man, I even had a dream that night. Bray Wyatt was uh, giving me a tattoo. There's a theme here of you dreaming yeah, with dude, Bray Wyatt. Maybe bro, you guys are connected Maybe in some way. he is, like, some type of, like, cult leader that has some type of spiritual thing going on so like to be able to reach you in yeah in, all the, I have in to your do rem is, sleep all i had to do is let him in i think now that the fiend has has debuted in the way that they did the video on smackdown i think that makes that wording super important to the character what let me in yes super important yeah. to bray wyatt and the fiend character and I like that they kept with, let's move on to SmackDown, not to get away from McFoley, but um, I think it was great that McFoley put over this guy yeah. who I think has a future in the WWE still. I think um, it was perfect that McFoley got to do that because yeah. if you look at what he's done with his characters and having multiple personalities, yes, that is a perfect, you know, Kind of like a passing of the torch. A lot of people think that Bray Wyatt could have been the next Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I aside from maybe the idea of them being kind of these darker characters, that's the only connection I have to them. Yeah. I feel like I personally don't think there could be another Undertaker. No, never. ever. A lot of people could even might even say that um, Alistair. But I think the thing with Undertaker is he has an aura of like this guy is even till this day, like this guy is not a he, like he's dead. Right. He's a spirit. He's right. like he just has this aura of. Like, and I think that is because that character was introduced in a time where that was believable. Yeah. But even when that era dies and we kind of get away with the gimmicky things and we're like, why is a clown wrestling? Why is a yeah. man wrestling? That character has been able to still hold up, and we still see him in the same way yeah. that they gave us him in the eighties. Yeah, and 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 a lot of it is because they just never let go of it, and they let him do these even in the Attitude Era, like mm-hmm. these crazy things, like the um, like the crucifying of um, yeah, uh, Stone Cold, right? Yeah, yeah, a Stone Cold. Yeah, so you can't take the Undertaker out because we never crucify Stone Cold, right? So that symbol, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no one to call it. So stuff like that is like no, you can't have a character like Bray Wyatt do that. It just wouldn't really make sense no, because yeah. it's not the Undertaker. The Undertaker has this. It's more of a kind of spiritual connection to the underworld or the afterlife, uh-huh. and that's not what Bray Wyatt is. Right? Bray Wyatt is. It has something more to do with like some type of personality disorder yeah. or something like that. And that's what Mick Foley has. Yeah. He had this personality switch 
up where he's one minute he's dude love the next he's mankind the next he's cactus jack and they all were specifically someone different yeah and i mean i think mcfoley did it better than anyone and i'm hoping that bray wyatt takes a little bit of this yeah where he would switch his move set up when he was dude love yeah from when he was mankind oh yeah and then when he switched from cactus jack he'd have a completely different move set than the both of them so if we get something from that of that nature from bray like obviously stick to the big one the sister abigail yeah but let's see some crazier shit from him yeah Um, and i'd like to see bray wyatt wrestle with the mask when he's the fiend yeah i'm hoping that um yeah i'm hoping yeah i mean because there's subtle things like we haven't heard the fiend talk yeah and when he so far in the little video package thing when he did say uh like let me in it was in a deeper voice. Mm-hmm. So I think if we try as I hope they try to kind of dehumanize the fiend mm-hmm. so that we don't really have to hear him cut promos because once you give him human personalities, he's not as scary anymore. Yeah, I think that's why I liked what they did with the Firefly Funhouse where yeah. Bray Wyatt is talking, but he's talking in kind of a third yeah. person where he's like, well, I like Finn Balor. Yeah. The Fiend doesn't because the Fiend doesn't remember. Yeah. Um, it doesn't forget. Yeah. And I think that's important also where he Bray Wyatt for a while has been like tweeting at people and was like, I, I'm sorry for doing this and this and that to you. Like, yeah. But then the Fiend is like, he doesn't forget anything and he doesn't yeah. like you for that. And, I'd like because a lot of the times, like I know we talked about it a lot before in the past, that Bray Wyatt's feuds, he's always came into the feuds really strong, and mm-hmm. he ended up losing them, and the feuds amounted to nothing. Right. I'd like to see it now, where as this fiend personality, he comes in and just destroys everyone that he's had feuds with before. Yeah. But this time he gets the upper hand because, like you're saying. The, or like you, what you said and like what you pointed out the feed never forgets so mm-hmm. then he has like this chip on his shoulder yeah, he has these like things it. that are haunting him and that he wants to get revenge for and i mean that i think that's really maybe not realistic but it it also plays in with the whole split personality yeah. type thing because in in real life the real disorder that it comes that it is the split personalities develop because of something traumatic. So usually that first, the real person will forget what the traumatic event. Okay. But then the personality that develops, that's who knows what, why it developed and what happened so that, so that it would develop. So the same thing with this could be that Bray Wyatt was so fed up with just losing all the time that he starts to forget why he's upset with people and why he yeah. needs to go out there and you know be this this wrestler or fighter or whatever and fight for things and so he forgets all that but then the fiend is created to remember it all yeah and i think that's really good i i think though i i'd like them to have bray wyatt wrestle as both yeah i feel like that's really important to to protect the fiend as a strong character yeah but also don't make him like unbeatable because you don't want that either I the feel fiend like. yeah don't make him unbeatable yeah well don't make bray white as a whole entity okay unbeatable yeah i and i think i think the fiend as of now there should be no titles involved in this no because no, no, no. that's only something someone that's human would want you know what i'm saying and i think the fiend should be only seeking to destroy people and hurt people yeah and you know so yeah really good stuff and i think as of now bray wyatt's really over that the crowd reaction to this stuff is just it's big it's, it's big it's crazy yeah um i love um i love wrestling reporters man uh, because earlier like on real Tuesday, wrestling reporters or just well, these people on Twitter, well, you'll that... find out which one I mean, because earlier, earlier in the day <laughs> on Tuesday, I read a tweet that says I can confirm that Finn Balor has asked 
or time off. And I can also confirm he's already take he's already on his time off right now. And then later in the night he shows up on the television. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it, man. I just love it. Those people are like the ones that are hoping like shit. I hope this is true because yeah. it legitimizes me. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the people who they see a rumor and it's like, let me add something to it so that yeah. if it so happens to come true. Yeah. I was right. It'll legitimize me. Oh, yeah. man. It's That's funny. hilarious. It's funny. Um, Let's talk about, man, there's so much more to talk about. Yeah. And, we're and we've, so... we've gone a long way. right? Yeah. Now. This is a good one. Um, let's just briefly talk about how happy I was to see John Cena back on TV. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That guy is a gem. I marked out. I felt like a fucking child when he came out. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, it's John Cena. Oh you're my God. You're going to get the John Cena. Uh, I was going to get my towel. <laughs> <laughs> you're my never going to give up Cena towel. towel. <laughs> yeah. I almost brought yeah. my cargo shorts out. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, was, I started pumping my shoes up. Sure. <laughs> okay, that's a little old. That's that's way <laughs> back, brother. That's way back. <laughs> Let's not throw it that um, back, man. It was cool to see him, uh, you know, spit a spit a couple rhymes mm-hmm. in the in the ring with the Usos yeah. and see Rikishi. Um, sucks that we didn't get a little dance segment. Oh yeah, man. I but would love to see that. Th- that kind of led up to. Probably my favorite match of the week. The Usos versus the Revival? No. Oh. <laughs> what? Samoa Joe versus Samoan Joe. Oh, more Usos involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, because he, he cut the promo about the Usos and Rikishi and yeah. how it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I'm surprised you guys didn't want them to come out here and dance. Yeah. And, and we did, so. <laughs> yeah, we did, but <laughs> you also speak in facts. Yeah. I really like how Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. Um. Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, and even Dolph Ziggler on Friday or Friday. Whoa, whoa! You're jumping ahead. We're not moving the Fridays whoa. until October. It's like that time traveler meme. <laughs> What's today? Oh, Friday. It's Friday. Oh, so oh. SmackDown's on. <laughs> That's oh, good, man. <laughs> um, so Dolph Ziggler on Tuesday just talking about how you know everybody's marking out for this nostalgia when you know these opportunities and time that's being wasted on old men that you guys call legends. Um, it's being wasted when we could be using those opportunities for the current talent. Yeah. Which I really like because it, it kind of is a, you know, a shot at the fans from, yeah, from the writers or whoever's idea this is. I mean, because, I think it's a shot f- to the fans from those guys. Yeah, those guys. I think it's just a shot from the WWE because sometimes we'll sit here and be like, oh, the the guys need opportunities, this and that. Right, oh, where's the right. women? Blah, blah, blah. But then we bring these old legends that aren't really even doing anything mm-hmm. other than hopping on the mic. And we're happy with it. And we're happy. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking no, yeah. talking 53 minutes into a podcast <laughs> talking about it yeah yeah so i really liked that um it's but, almost like a call out post while you're watching you're just like damn that's me so i'm gonna boo yeah and i think it's perfect that those are the guys that you get to say it because you want heat behind sammy Zayn, you want heat behind yeah. joe and you want heat behind ziggler and when they call out something that you're very guilty of you're yeah. like oh, i'm gonna boo this guy for it yeah i'm gonna boo this guy but also i want him to have the opportunities yeah. that he's asking for right right um but yeah that match with uh roman reigns and samoa joe right probably samoa my favorite joe match of the week samoa and joe i really i did enjoy that too um yeah, I just I don't know. It, it's hard to see Joe losing so much, and I always yeah. say that. But I feel like they need to put him in a in a feud that's really meaningful that doesn't have to do with the title and let him just dominate it. Yeah, not I'm not talking squash matches. Don't I give agree. him squash I matches, think, but I let think, him dominate a feud. And that brings me to this next point. I think it would be really interesting, especially with Roman Reigns. Um, and I think they could do it with some of the other guys. Have two different feuds going on at once. You have Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I say on Raw, just have Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns just feud it out. Have Samoa Joe be dominant in that feud. And on Tuesday, have him feud with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Right. And have Roman dominate that. Because if you look at it 
Samoa Joe is on a completely different side, even though that he's the heel, mm-hmm. and so is Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. I think they're on two different sides of the spectrum. You have yeah, for sure. You have Samoa Joe, which is a very dominant character, really aggressive, and he comes out and attack. I mean, they kind of do like the cowardly thing with him too, mm-hmm. but it's not as much because the moment you do piss him off, he's gonna say. All right, let's get in the ring and let's do it, as right. we saw in Raw. Right. You have that side of it, and then you have the side of Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon and Elias. You have these guys, which are kind of like, oh, we're hanging out with the boss. This guy makes the decisions. We're hanging out with him. And that's kind of like the cowardly way to do things. Yeah. They're getting yeah, yeah, yeah. all their opportunities because they're hanging out with the right people. Right. And I've... To me personally, I feel like those are the worst type of heels. Like those are the ones you want to hate the most. Right. So have Roman Reigns just destroy them, but at the same time have Roman Reigns getting destroyed by Samoa Joe, which is a heel that the type of heel everybody likes. Yeah, and I think it helps the characters of of course he destroying them. The only reason they're here is because they're behind Shane. Yeah. Whereas with Joe, he doesn't have anyone with him. He doesn't need anyone with him. Yeah. So he should be focused enough and he should be skilled enough because he knows he's alone to be able to take him out easy and i think samoa joe with his kohita clutch is very similar to randy orton's where uh, randy orton's rko Uh like they are not even just the rko but like the shock factor of like just bringing in the surprise upset yeah yeah like you just slip that move in and it's over right and you could do that every time with samoa joe and you it doesn't really hurt the other person. Yeah. It's I like, agree. oh shit. Like he he just happened to get the move in at the right time and that's it. I agree. One mistake yeah. made the difference in that match. So I think that'd be a cool thing if they tried out like having two feuds with people. Yeah. Um Yeah, that'd be interesting. Except I can't remember who's on Raw and who's on SmackDown. Yeah, I think because both of the wild card rule. <laughs> I, I, I think both Samoa Joe and um, Roman Reigns are on SmackDown, aren't they? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. I... The reason I say this because Samoa Joe kind of had a feud with Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston's on SmackDown, so I don't yeah, know. But then Samoa Joe at had this a feud point, with Ray, who is on Raw. Yeah, at so this it's, point, it's very blurry. It's I'm pretty sure there's no such thing as the brand split right um yeah they need to stop doing shows on live live events on mondays man because it it must suck to be a wrestling fan and you're living in you know nowhere missouri and you're like oh hey the let's SmackDown go to the smackdown event show. is here tonight and then all the big stars are on raw yeah that's it true it, it must be yeah. horrible man. didn't think about that they got to stop doing that because they still have those. They don't have shows, I don't think, on Tuesdays, but they have them on Mondays, and that's just not – that's just no good. Yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dick move. No, imagine this. You go to a SmackDown-branded show on, like, a Thursday, mm-hmm. and because of the mix-up, one of your favorite superstars was at the Raw show the night before, so Ooh, they couldn't make it. Man, yeah. That, 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 would, that suck. would suck. Like, would what? Suck. They're doing mix-ups on, on live <laughs> events, too? <laughs> That's why. Um, speaking of live events, what is with the thing they're doing this Saturday on the network? Smackville. Is there a Nashville? They're Nashville. Um, Jerry the King Lawler is probably going to be oh, there. Oh, God. All right. and I don't want to talk about this anymore. That's why they want to film it. I don't want to be talk about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm done with that conversation. I mean, sorry, but that's the truth. Um, what else, man? I, f- I feel like, is that all we need to talk about? Anything um, else? I don't know. I'm trying to, I, I know that I, I really did enjoy both shows this week. Yeah. Um, Just Raw happened to be the standout. Right. Show. Right. Um, AJ Styles Ooh, and the OC. Yeah, the OC. I like that. Yeah, I like the rebranding of the club, the only club, the original club. The, and the only club that matters. No, it's the official club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah The original club and the only club that matters, the OC. It also sounds like, Orange like County? a club. Like oh, a, yeah, the like OC. a biker club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. 
I so thought you I like, like a club like, oh, are you trying to go to the OC tonight? No, no, no. no. I'm trying to talk about like a biker club that yeah. that comes into your bar and steals your beer and then leaves with your windows shattered. Yeah, kind of. Um, They kind of had a little segment or it wasn't kind of. They had a segment. <laughs> there's was, AJ Styles and, and Seth Rollins were supposed to have a match that kind of ended. Right. Or it didn't kind of end. But it, it ended end. in terrible fashion because right. these are the two top guys probably in the company mm-hmm. um and they had a, a little you know scuffle with degeneration x which was pretty cool yeah and generation x featuring nwo <laughs> yeah <laughs> why because they have oh, nothing else how about do. we just say the click i guess the click um, featuring the road dog yeah the road dog's not click Featuring Road Dog and Seth Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the click better because you only have to feature, you feature less people. Right, you know? right. And you right, don't have right. to involve the NWO. You You're know? right. Okay. So, that's fair. Um, yeah, and it, it kind of felt like they could have hyped up Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles. For yeah, it looked like they were, what they happened were doing to be that a little bit. The biggest hype for the last three survivor series <laughs> <laughs> yeah of all shows that's really a weird yeah. one that they always kind of focus on um the fans on focusing on that match happening at survivor series for some reason yeah I don't know. um yeah they were teasing in a little bit where they were just kind of yelling at each other back and forth they weren't really looking at anybody yeah. else yelling at anybody else or worrying about yeah. anyone else i also like the things sean did with dolph on smackdown oh yeah that was great i think I mean, it's possible that we get a Sean return. No, he does a little man, light feud with I Dolph. Know. I really don't want to see it because I think I if know. if Sean were to like come it. back and have a match with anyone, Dolph would be the perfect opponent to uh-huh. warm him up a bit. And AJ uh-huh. Styles just for the big one. Like, come on now, that's a quick. I don't, know. I don't want to see three it. matches. I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Period. That's all I'm saying. I do not want to see it. Okay. Period. I'd say Sean's in better shape than The Undertaker. <laughs> I would say you're wrong, man. He couldn't even clothesline Carl Anderson out of the ring. Carl Anderson's huge, dude. Like Carl compared- Anderson? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking Gallows. But, I mean, come on now. He wasn't looking too good when he was in that brawl situation. He didn't know exactly what to do. And he would pull back punches because he was like, oh, someone else might punch them first, but then they wouldn't. So then yeah, the guy would have to yeah, sell yeah, yeah, a punch yeah, yeah. that I didn't mean, really go now. through with. That, and that's a lot of, that happens a lot when you got what? 10 people in the ring together. Well, you know, he, have you not watched the battle Royal before? Yeah, but he's got, he's, he's <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. I mean, he wasn't sure if he was punching Doc, Doc Gall. He didn't know who he was looking at. That's what you were going to say. Okay. I was going to say, he could have. He, he thought he was punching straight. He was punching sideways. He could keep his eyes on at least two people at once. I'm dead. I don't know. I think it's possible. Oh, I mean, man. he took a bump. It's Tuesday, okay to so. laugh at because he laughs at it and he jokes about it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's possible. Anything's possible now. The Saudi yes. Arabia show ruined okay, the, the Shawn Michaels never returning I, yeah. thing. Well, yeah, so now I feel ever. like the possibilities are endless. But they should end at Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles. <laughs> um, They're endless. However, they should have an end here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think that's all we're going to do for this podcast. I think we've got a lot of uh, good opinions in. Yeah. Um, good week in wrestling. Hopefully the um, Heyman-Bischoff era continues to be good. And hopefully it, I don't know. I don't know. Never mind. What? Hopefully it happens. <laughs> hopefully they don't hopefully just like scrap not, the no, idea. Yeah. Hopefully they're not just held back by Vince McMahon. Yeah. Know? Which I don't want to, I didn't want to say that because that's what everybody is, is expecting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just let them do what they want to do. I'm, I, I, I think. And, 
there should be good from it. But then again, Bischoff might just go with his controversy creates cash brain. As as great as Bischoff is, he's also pretty bad at times. And I don't want to see him doing stuff just because it gets people talking, you know? Yeah. Which is what I fear from Bischoff, at least. Well, that's the I good thing about Vince being the last person sure. to let things through. I think Vince is smart enough to know, like, uh, nah, this seems like you're just trying to do it because it sounds like a good idea. But, sure. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's cross our fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks again for tuning in. If you've made it this far, thank you. If you didn't, then you missed out on what I would say was a pretty good podcast. Putting myself over, but who cares? <laughs> now um, put us over and give our Twitter handles. Yeah. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at New Age Rudo on Twitter and at Walk with Geo on twitter and you could also just follow the whole podcast at foreign object wp um and that's it make sure you subscribe make sure you subscribe and leave reviews do all that stuff let us know what you guys are thinking of the podcast what we could do better unless you want us to just stop shitting on aew because that's not if you want us to stop shitting on aew listen to the ross report no well come on to the podcast so we can so we can shit talk AEW directly to you. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Have a big debate. I think that would be good. If if someone very big AEW Mark wants to come in and have a discussion with us, we won't call you an idiot on air. But we will <laughs> as soon as we're done recording the podcast, we'll be like, what an idiot. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, no, yeah, no, probably not. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for this podcast. Thank you to all the foreigners. See you next week. <laughs> no. That's our fans, the foreigners. <laughs> From me, New Age Rudo, and my co-host, Walk with Gino, <laughs> goodbye and good night.